On this episode of the Last King Podcast, we're a video game podcast once again with The Outer World and Call of Duty. Hey everybody, it's another episode of the Last King Podcast. Did you miss us? I hope you did. We missed no, you. We were... No, what are you talking about? We reviewed Terminator, remember? <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that totally happened. Yeah, that totally happened. And uh, please pay attention to last week's episode where um, ah, oh, Sarah Connor. <laughs> uh, what yeah. happened? What happened to you, Linda Hamilton? Oh, you silver-haired shoehorn! You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and who are we again? Oh yeah, uh, I'm eccentric Tom. And this is uh, Spaces Choice, Mr. Toffee. <laughs> oh god, that is such a perfect description. <laughs> and this is uh, Captain Price is Right Shuffling, I guess. <laughs> uh, back to you. Yes, we're back to being a video games podcast. It's been a while, and since there's nothing much going on in movies, we're not going to review Gemini Man. Zombieland 2 kind of looks promising, but eh. Yeah, I watched it. Is that right? It is exactly the same movie. For better or worse. So, yeah, not missing on anything, guys. Exactly, yeah. Okay, sounds fun. I also actually watched Doctor Sleep, too. And? Yeah, it's alright. Okay, cool. It's, uh, yeah, so, so much for our, uh, wrapping up the October, Spooktober, Halloween, Horror Fest, because... Yeah, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it looks like well, Hollywood. Well, we can still talk about it well. on our end of year thingy, you know, like. Or maybe not. You know? Yeah, let's not. I mean, <laughs> like probably the closest horror movie I saw was Midway because I was horrified by how fucking boring they made <laughs> the most oh important uh, naval battle in World War Two look. Jesus oh, Christ! You think a movie from uh, Dean? It's Roman El- yep. Roman Emmerich, it's right? It's an Emmerich interesting. movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the main problem is that it was a very good uh, dramatization of a documentary, but they forgot to do the documentary part mm. because it was just rushed, uh, like dramatic moments with no connection whatsoever. Very historically accurate for once, but you realize, oh wait, uh, it's very hard to condense six months into two hours. Two hours, two fucking hours, and that was my review for Midway. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Zombieland 2, Midway, and uh, Doctor Sleep. Uh, hey, if you have money, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is, we're going to enter that weird period where uh, it's nothing but Oscar bait that's going to happen later in December and in early January. Mm-hmm. And the only big movie release is... Uh, the the one of, that we're apathetic about. The Rise basically. of Skywalker. Though, I do want to kind of tie in the Mandalorian with that because I actually enjoyed the first episode. I was like, this yeah, is pretty good. I've seen a lot of people really enjoy it. There's a lot of promise in Mandalorian. There's a lot of yeah. promise, but to me, it kind of feels like, oh, is this the apology for a shitty like solo movie and for the last movie? And what is possibly Rise of Skywalker's doomed box office entering because... Apparently, it's been nothing but reshoots every day since it was actually, uh, I think, like, Final Cut was maybe a month or two months ago. Oh, a wow. month ago. I and they're still ago. doing reshoots because test audiences are fuming at the third act. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Cool. So, kind of makes me curious now, but in a more morbid fashion, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm just going to hate watch it. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily hate watch it, because you know what? I really want to see this die. <laughs> They've been promising us, it's time for the Jedi to die. Yes, please die. <laughs> okay. Please just finish it. As a Star Wars fan, can we stop with this rigmarole? Ugh. Anyway, so, video games. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, uh, like, stop doing the same shit over and over again, Call of Duty. Modern Warfare came out, uh, did some numbers, and... 
well, did some numbers and then some. It did a shitload of numbers. It did dude. a shitload of numbers. Almost half a billion dollars earned. It's like six hundred million in the first three days alone. And this yeah. game is like I think like, let's adjust for inflation. Let's adjust for uh, currency change. It's a it's a sweet seventy to eighty bucks in Singapore. <sighs> and uh, yeah, do the math. So it's. Quite, it's like almost a hundred thousand copies sold. And we're talking about the regular edition. We're not talking about like the super special edition with the night vision goggles and like the deluxe stuff. <laughs> yeah, but oh yeah. We also need to add the caveat because for the first time ever, this game introduces crossplay. So it's also the console guys and the PC guys combined. With our powers combined, we have fighting with and each other. Yeah. Uh, with our More powers players. combined, we have proven that keyboard and mouse still own. It's still better. <laughs> yeah, I, it's still better. I want to meet like the few people who still believe that it's a superior way to play it on a controller. Uh, let's not have that argument ever again. <laughs> God, you know, it is so cute watching guys in Overwatch. Oh, you can tell which one the controller guys are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very much like Call of Duty multiplayer, where you can definitely tell not only who the, the guy are. who's standing still and shooting. Yeah. Oh, you poor ADS boy. You, oh, that's adorable. What you gonna do? Let me just walk around you. So yes, uh, Modern Warfare very much, I would say, a return to form because it's okay. been a while. Uh, the previous numbers have been kind of dwindling. I think it hasn't been like uh, the same kind of glory days as like maybe Modern Warfare. 2 or Modern Warfare 3 like those games topped out at about like 30 between 25-30 million so. yeah Modern Warfare 3 was definitely the peak of the Call of Duty franchise I would say that and also because and that was like 2008 2011 2011, 2011. Yeah. yeah and I would say this also uh, I mean we all have to give praise to where praise is due. The original uh, Modern Warfare aka COD4 it's was weird. really good was spectacular because it took everybody by surprise and it did something that nobody expected and for the first time it felt like a big studio decided to do some uh, like something artistic and creative by oh we, we need to shit out another like World War 2 shooter because that's a thing because people still like want to relive Saving Private Ryan and then like somebody's like what if we did like you know set it in now like yeah. during the Concurrent Gulf War times like contemporary times yeah you yeah. know like so. oh we can't do that you know we, we can't compete with like people who play uh, Counter-Strike uh, well, let's give it a shot <laughs> yeah give it a try and it was like actually kind of nuanced in the way it was telling a story yeah and that's the thing because it's like uh, everybody remembers the original Modern Warfare for being like you no, know, definitely laid new terrain for what can be done with the militaristic shooter I would yeah say I would it. say so Coupled with a story that really took people by surprise, and to like me, when the fucking nuke came out of nowhere, yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. that was a lovely, I mean, had harrowing episode. Well, yeah. Especially yeah. when you think like, oh, I'm gonna survive, I'm gonna survive. Oh no, nope. you just drug out my death <laughs> to yeah. really hammer home. Yeah, it sucks to be hit by these. Uh, I would say right up there with the death of Ares in one of the greatest like what death the fuck moments ever yeah. is like I didn't expect that at all <laughs> yeah and then yeah. so of course when something's successful you gotta kinda repeat the formula then you got yourself your Modern Warfare 2 yeah. your Modern Warfare 3 and then you need to spice things up you know because all of a sudden like just like Assassin's Creed we need to shit one out every year but yep. we only have one studio get another studio and give it another brand then came the, 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 uh, the Black Ops yeah, Black Ops, Ops which was fine I guess yeah it was you know it did the job uh, I did like the one with Ice Cube in it that's pretty much it <laughs> which one was that one uh, the first one I believe the first one 
Then I would say this, huh? uh, it's huh. like uh, anything, right? Because we are coming very close to the end of a decade, if you think about it. We are like Jesus months Christ. away before entering 2020, right? Oh yeah, and that fucking tweet that's making us rounds. Like, what have you accomplished this decade? Fuck off. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm on a podcast that's made it to the front page of iTunes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we've achieved a lot. We've yes. achieved quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've achieved. Still going on. Yeah. We've achievement unlocked a few things. We've survived more uh, more than like 90% of podcasts that yeah. start up. So suck it guys from high school. You yes. don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so anyway, uh, let's lay down some more Modern Warfare love because uh, uh, why I mentioned that whole like, yeah, it's uh, the end of a decade. Uh, I think it's safe to say that as much as people give shine to maybe something like auto chess or even like the battle royale as the defining gaming uh, archetype of the decade I still say it's the militaristic shooter I think because it's definitely lasted for longer um, yeah I mean the, it's been around since the 90s and like I would say like yeah definitely a defining moment would be COD4 mm-hmm. and it definitely took up the first half of the, like of the, of the decade went into decline and I would think right just nice before the end of the decade uh, especially with this modern warfare, I yeah. think it, it's going to be the start of a resurgence. I feel it's almost a swan song in a way for I the guess. decade. I don't know because I mean, like, we need to also address the fact that uh, there were rumors and there were reports that Activision wanted to close the Call of Duty franchise for good because of the dwindling sales. I'm honestly not surprised, considering like how poorly, by comparison. Uh, Black Ops 4 did mm. and the last few ones as well like yeah. Infinite Warfare oh, Black Infinite, Ops 3 Infinite Warfare yeah. yeah that got so much hate I kind of enjoyed it though I mean it was kind of nice to play a Star Wars version of Call of Duty <laughs> and I mean I, I kind of appreciated the really like bleak way they ended the campaign mm-hmm. like, I mean, just it has like, to be bleak well, just like <laughs> yeah. how fucking heart-wrenching it was it was like literally everyone died in a large death it was like okay well done for that kind of like dramatic uh, 300-esque ending yeah I mean we also need to kind of uh, point to the fact that I mean uh, not for trying but Activision tried everything oh yeah to keep this franchise going like they dabbled in casual racism with ghosts <laughs> <laughs> they've always dabbled in casual racism well this was more, like even more explicit uh, one it's like look as a brown person I hate being the bad guy all the time <laughs> <laughs> so it was a different brown person alright one that calls yeah. you essay rather than um, I don't know Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Are you being casually racist, sir? Sure, yeah. I mean, they even experimented with, like, zombies because that was a thing for a hot second. And then they also... They did the unthinkable. They introduced a battle royal to the COD brand. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was... Which was fun for a little bit. And then people realized, oh, we can just play a free-to-play battle royale game. <laughs> yeah, because, exactly. like... Yeah, we could do that, but I could dress like a gingerbread man and hit someone with a hammer. Yeah, mm. and, and build shit. Yeah, yeah. and, and then, like, be John Wick or Thanos... And I would say this, right? Um, I mean, it did feel for a while that Activision were on their last legs with this uh, oh, for sure, franchise. Yeah. And, like, this is definitely very much like Final Fantasy, the final modern warfare. And it was basically, I think they put all the chips on the table and they would just let the dice roll. And I guess it paid off because uh, I would say this, right? Firstly, it was very brave of them to make it a reboot, it's not yeah. a direct sequel anymore. And um, I guess uh, with the, the right marketing and it especially the fact that for the COD fanboys is an opportunity to see the backstory of Captain Price who again uh, sure <laughs> yeah and then like so uh, I mean spoilers I guess 
uh, the, the final scene is basically I need to assemble a team. Let me guess, soap. <laughs> yeah, soap. The dog. Roach. <laughs> and yeah. then roaches later. Yeah, like ghost, the, ghost. Yeah. The two ghost. generic Americans who will die near the end of like the other two games. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Expendables yeah. are very much like the Highway of Death. We could do revisionist history. Maybe an alternate timeline. Sure. Like, <laughs> I mean, if Shepard straws up again, it's like, okay, come on. Like, you had a chance to do this differently this time. I would say this, but yeah, okay. Let's go straight into the full review. Uh, I mean, this is a game that comes in three very um, solid segments. Okay, you've got your single oh, players. Oh, three acts. Not a three acts. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the single player, the multiplayer, and uh, the co-op mode, which is new and kind of... Probably one of the reasons why I will not give this game much a high score because ah. certain business practices are being put in play. So maybe I shall address that first. I do love the operations uh, section of Call of Duty. I love the fact that you have some PVE elements and you and a buddy can kind of fight off against the AI. Uh, and then there's also survival mode where which is basically horde mode where you know you basically fortify yourself and you fend off like you know wave after wave of enemy AI. Which is my favorite version. Uh, like I yes. love I love that when it was like what was it called Firestorm or Fire Team in uh, I loved you know? it when it was called Left or Dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey that's why I loved it so much. Remember that yeah. game that yeah. did very well and yes now we're asking where's Left 4 Dead 3, right? Nobody cares about Half Life 3 anymore. Well, <laughs> I know where it is. World War Z on the Epic Game Store. It's actually a really good game. People are still playing that game for some reason. Because yeah. it's actually very good. Because it's Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah. yeah. Okay, if Steam will stop pushing out visual novels for a second and <laughs> concentrate on making games, remember you used to be a games publisher and developer? Game! <laughs> no, I'm not angry. I'm just very disappointed in you. <laughs> so, yeah, but I did mention the survival mode. Like, and it's definitely the most fun thing about uh, COD. You know, I mean, it is a kind of a cosmetic redo of the classic zombies mode. And yes, it's, there's nothing more fun than you and your buddies leveling up. Uh, you know, hitting that 10th wave when nothing but juggernauts appear. If you own a PS4. Ah, we need yeah. to address the fact that there's something very strange when a game has not only... I mean, it's one thing for a game to be exclusive to a platform because, okay, that makes total business sense. Call of Duty for something is a uh, mass appeal as like the Modern Warfare series, right? Why did they remove this mode from the rest of us? Why is it only PS4 exclusive? And I'm not too sure if it's a limited exclusive or maybe there's something to do with the networking or there's something to do with whatever business deals have been made because... This is definitely an Activision thing because they've done this for Destiny 1 and 2 in terms yeah. of exclusive modes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if anything, right, uh, what I also want to kind of address, uh, uh, Activision has done something that I didn't expect, which is listen to fans and criticism. What? Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for your time, there's no, uh, what's it called? There's no season pass. There's no this season movie. pass for Call of Duty. Am I living in crazy world? Well, I mean, there's still the digital deluxe bullshit edition, which has that special thing with the special oh. gun or that skin or that whatever. But okay, please tell me the microtransactions. Of course, there's microtransactions. Ah, you, I was, for a second, I thought Activision <laughs> lost their fucking mind. <laughs> for a second, there, you thought you were in the fucking Twilight Zone, right? Yeah. So this is what I want to say. This is a quote from uh, somebody over it, uh, where the reasoning for no season pass is uh, the main intention is they didn't want to fragment the player base with uh, so-called you know maps and other post-launch content that might be available in the season pass, but then people have to buy piecemeal through DLC or whatever various edition you want to have. This is kind of like 
a unifying single containing game that everybody can enjoy. I mean, there huh. is the deluxe edition, which has nothing but cosmetic uh, uh, enhancements, but <laughs> cosmetic enhancements. Yeah, enhancements is the word. I'm just imagining just a whole bunch of soldiers with like big plastic boobs running around. <laughs> that would be amazing, sir. That would be amazing. I would put the boobs on the helmet so I can finally go tits over arse. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you get blown up by some fucking airstrike and <laughs> you just see like the kill kill of your, boobs of your dead body and it's like, yep, literally tits over Awesome, it's it, yep. <laughs> One thing I want to discuss is like, okay, Activision, what are you doing? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. But secondly, what have you done with the real Activision? Yeah, what what happened to Bobby the... Kotek? Is he okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think it feels like they're doing penance for all the shit they've done. But at least they're doing penance with the one game you know, that people kind of want to I don't even buy. think it's penance. I think it's because it's like close to Christmas time. The, the fucking ghost of Christmas past has finally caught up to him <laughs> <laughs> and told him, Bobby Kotek. <laughs> well, only Christmas past. With Present the ghost manacles and shackles yeah, and stuff. Yet, you know? okay. And then he decided to make do. Uh, but I would say also, Okay, conspiracy head on. So how will they monetize this? And there is still a probability of a games as service model because Oh for sure. I mean because yeah. that's like the the thing now. Because you have to understand, like the last Black Ops, what everybody hated was the fact that it was a a uh, fully priced game with microtransactions and all sorts of other bullshit. Pay to win bullshit. Mm-hmm. And also you got the, those seasonal like <laughs> every fucking month you gotta buy this shit to take part in this event and blah yeah, blah. Yeah, because blah. people are like, oh, but Fortnite does it now. Fortnite does it because it's a free game from the beginning. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. you you have to do that because like you still have to pay the slave workers you have tied to their <laughs> machines <laughs> to keep the game running twenty four seven. Exactly, you have to like you know. Feed a thousand, like the thousand strong horde of poor coders and QA testers. Listen, children, bandwidth is not free. Exactly. <laughs> okay, those servers, okay. So they realize, like, oh, so anti consumer practices is sometimes gonna decrease sales, not mm-hmm. just squeeze money out of it. And I also huh. say, I mean, it's also much to do with the zeitgeist because I think, uh, especially with the way how things are so easily reported and easily just I mean just one tweet can destroy a company nowadays true and also like I think after the Battlefront 2 debacle I mean 5 oh wait no yeah. that was and Battlefront 2 5 as well maybe Battle that was actually my bad. Yeah. yeah Battlefront 2 was yeah no, <laughs> that was sense of pride and accomplishment <laughs> for unlocking Darth Vader Darth fucking Vader in a Star Wars game Jesus Christ you yeah. only need to play this game for like what 80 fucking hours or no. pay how much uh, yes. yeah someone calculated it was like 4,000 hours to unlock Luke Skywalker maybe because <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah I mean and also because like everybody's kind of complaining about the fact that loot boxes is a problem and then there's actual governments trying to regulate and put legislation oh, in place oh yeah because they're illegal <laughs> yeah. in uh, Belgium and the Netherlands well then, Belgium and Netherlands. Yes. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't control this particular system. Yeah, when well. you like literally sell gambling to children. <laughs> yes. But no, children don't play Modern Warfare. Well, it depends uh, which which oh. region of Xbox Live you're on. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, uh, like whenever you like various like hate speech rises, like the average age decreases. That's a very like you know reliable metric. <laughs> Where else am I going to see the F and N word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if not in a Call of Duty game. But then again, I'm in Asia. That doesn't apply here. <laughs> yeah. None of that applies here. I don't know. I mean, it's always adorable to me whenever people complain. Oh, don't you just hate Xbox Live? People are so foul there. People in Asia play mostly mute. <laughs> yeah. Well, well sometimes they play like some terrible Chinese song. 
well, I kind of half appreciate the time, that the time, sometimes. The time, yeah. But then again, uh, they're too busy owning ass because uh, one thing I need to kind of remind people that if you're playing in Asia, Korea and Japan will still a problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. I mean, come on. Korea's got 5G internet. What latency? Yeah, I think like... <laughs> think the, about the it. The average down is like 50. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's like average to low for that country. Oh my god. I mean, look at me. And I'm, not, I'm not even happy about my 10 Gbps internet. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> well, either way. So, people are asking, how's the single player? Are you guys asking? Yes, I'm asking. Yes. Sure, go ahead. It's the only thing I care about in that game. It's... Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. It's pretty enjoyable. It's got some uh, nice set pieces. Uh, I enjoyed thoroughly the assault in the hangar in the final battle when you assault the, the general uh, evil Russian guy's stronghold. And oh, so we still have the evil Russians as the main Of course we have evil Russians, sir. In Trump's America? Well, say it ain't so. We didn't get the rights to North Korean bad guys yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Soon. Okay, but uh, one thing I do want to praise about the uh, single player is definitely not the story. The okay. story is pretty much by the numbers, your standard Tom Clancy-ish kind of, uh, you know. With a little bit of the Michael Bay theatrics, especially. Oh, is, that's what I love, the Michael Bay theatrics, especially when you were... paint the target and you like <laughs> call the airstrikes. That was yes, fun. Yes, that mm. was fun. Uh, but one thing I really want to highlight is the stealth sections. Uh, basically, your oh the ghillie suit esque. No, no, no. No, no. This one you suit? invade a person's house mm-hmm. who's you know when you have to do all those kind of uh, you know in the cover of darkness. You turn the lights out and you try to you know extract somebody from a house. That's actual moments of sheer terror because yeah. um, not only is I mean it does recreate the the claustrophobia and the tension and it. The sound design. I need to also kind of give praise oh to the sound design. Oh my god! The gun, the gun sounds everything. The, the gun audio sound amazing. Awesome. But when you do all these kind of uh, okay, we need to go in and we need to take out this guy in this house. But there are civilians, and they're very strict with uh, how you handle civilians. Oh, so there. you fail if you shoot civilians. You shoot. Yeah. yeah. That's been yeah. that's been around for a while. Yeah. But the thing is, is you enter a place and every door opening and every person who steps in view, and then it's like that. Just that. It grips you by the balls, kind of like, okay, you know, should I open fire, should I not? And I would say, brilliant tension design. Hmm. I would say this. And I think this is probably some of... I mean, not since maybe the second Modern Warfare, I guess. Because that was just one or two sections. Whereas this one, it kind of plays out in a few areas. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very good pacing, basically, between the... Hmm. I mean, from the action bits to, like... Very, very tense bits of the houses. The madness and then, like, the nice quiet moments. Like, Mm. I'm thinking about... The closest I can think of an equivalent is in, again, COD 4, where you have to sit still while tanks are riding <laughs> all around you. Oh, oh yeah. That's God, beautiful. that was terrifying. Something like that kind of happens when you have to invade, I think, uh, I don't know, that, that Russian mansion where the terrorists have invaded. Oh. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to go through every floor and then like you have to like uh, rescue different hostages. And then there's a fucking <laughs> like giant rumbling thing outside like, oh, yeah, okay. They'll blow you away very quickly. But, uh, I mean, I digress. Uh, There's also yeah. pretty cool, awesome bits. Like, uh, early in the game, there was the assault on the hangar when, you could, when you're teaming up with uh, Farah and her brother. Far- what was the brother's name again, sorry? Farah's the, brother? The, yeah, Farah's yeah, brother, yes. yes. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. Hassad, Hassad. Yeah, Hassad. Okay, yeah, oh, Hassad. okay. Sure. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, the hangar scene was really good, yeah. I enjoyed it thoroughly, too. Uh, but I would say... Um, it's a little bit on the short side, but it is not shorter than what you'd expect from a single-player experience in the, the COD series. How many hours did it take you to complete? Oh god, 8, 10. That's actually fairly respectable, yeah, I would say. Yeah, good 8 hours plus like that. 
true. And I would say, um, I mean, I did play it on veteran, so I don't know. Uh, just for difficulty, I mean, I would say it's uh, if you skip cutscenes, it's a good six hours of solid single player gameplay. Uh, set pieces don't get too annoying because there are moments definitely as you're playing through the level and all of a sudden the video game takes over and then like okay here's something or something fucks up and then okay now you have to pick yourself up and then okay we continue continue to another area uh, but I would say pacing wise uh, narrative wise yeah it's your standard COD fair though not as controversial as earliest Modern Warfare games, which I kind of appreciate because I like the fact that they don't rely on that gimmick anymore. Oh yeah, it's there's definitely no, like, no Russian nah, moment. Nothing to that. I mean, no, nothing... I mean, like, they tried to top it in uh, the Modern Warfare 3 where you have to actually kill a kid. Yeah, yeah. And oh, like, yeah. <sighs> like, that was me, the one in the London area, right? Yeah, where you have to, like, yeah. home video someone, like, as, like, a dirty bomb goes off. I mean, like... As much as I enjoy tense moments of uh, moral ambiguity where your choices are put to the test, I want to shoot things. Yeah. And as I've mentioned before on this podcast, I would love my jingoistic military shooters to be as guilt-free as possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to just be Rambo and kill bad think, guys. Thank you. Oh, actually, what do you, uh, Shafiq, what are your thoughts about that one particular scene some people are complaining about? The uh, Highway of Death? The Highway of Death, yeah. The one with the sniper gun and everything. Uh, yeah, doesn't bother me at all. There I mean, go. if anything, is like, I do get, I mean, like, uh, most of the major controversies is basically from Russian fans of the game who feel like, this is a bad representation of us. And I'm like, it's fictional. <laughs> as a brown guy. <laughs> like, you don't get the fucking talk. You don't get to say shit because I've been badly represented <laughs> in military shooters and also, since the first one. <laughs> yeah, also, Russians, don't worry. You do way worse things in real life. Yes, this is set in the fictional country of Uzbekistan. What yeah. a lazy fucking name, Uzbekistan. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. We, we couldn't buy the rights to Kurdistan or Turkistan or what? I don't know. Yeah, ooh, Kurdistan. Now, that would be uh, a spicy thing to do. Where's Kurdistan from again? Kazakhstan. Oh, man. It would be set in Kazakhstan. <laughs> that would be interesting. I would love to have a sniper battle during the annual running of the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> from what I've learned watching that movie <laughs> speaking God. of bad taste I can top them all so, <laughs> uh, anyway no, I mean okay revisionist history aside I hate <laughs> revisionist like history aside <laughs> I don't know because uh, the thing is I it's just entertainment it's a fucking video game I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna attach any real feelings to it what are my thoughts on the Gulf War? All of them were bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. War in general, I hate all of it. But if I get to shoot things in the video wow, game, wow, what a bold take you have, Shafiq. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an idea, right? War, it's terrible. What is yeah. it good for? But in Nothing. a video game, it's fine. <laughs> Say it again. But if it's in a video game, <laughs> yeah, <thank> sure. <laughs> I want, like I said, I would love to experience my jingoistic military shooters to be as guilt-free as possible, please. Ugh. Man, I miss games like Soldier of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, so, uh, single player aside, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it's a good um, 8 10 hours. Uh, nothing much to do in terms of replayability except try to beat it on harder difficulties or if you want to get those really weird achievements, like uh, killing a guy with. killing three guys with one Molotov cocktail. Sure. Okay, uh, yeah. Ply away. But we need to talk about. Essentially, what makes COD COD? The multiplayer. Multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, yeah, 
crossplay is a thing now. And we did mention like, okay, there's gonna be some sort of uh, interbreeding between PC players and console players, controller guys with keyboard and mice. And I would think that a lesser company would have done a terrible job yeah. at balancing the game. Now, this is where I'm gonna give uh, a lot of the score, especially. Uh, the multiplayer, which is definitely the reason why people buy these games, right? And the fact that they're introducing this element and the attempt, I wouldn't say effort, because I think uh, effort is a little bit sparse. There's not enough maps. Okay. But uh, Definitely room for a DLC down the line. Definitely room. For, I mean, the DLC Roman has not been uh, properly introduced, but... I would say this, when it comes to the multiplayer and the fact that I think they put, th this was definitely taken into heavy consideration about how different types of players and different kinds of gamers and how people interact with their video games are going to interact finally. So uh, props to where props is due, props play works well. Uh, the latency, okay this is me connecting through Activision on the computers, uh, I see, I, I don't see that many Xbox guys. I do see a lot of the, the PS4 guys. I think that might just be an Asia thing. It's an Asia thing. So, yeah. Uh, there's none of those uh, teleporting. There's none of uh, latency issues. Uh, I mean, every once in a while, there'll be some guy who kind of lags up the entire team. Well, I mean, that, that always happens. Yeah, okay. You know, part of the course has been going on in multiplayer games since the beginning of multiplayer games. Uh, so, Netcode is solid for Asia. So, that's the caveat. Um, one thing that I think a lot of people are kind of... Uh, pretty much discussing is the map design. Now, Call of Duty has never been well known for having very tactical, strategy-heavy maps. Yeah. If anything, Call of Duty, like Modern Warfare games, you can basically see that it's designed to be very similar to like how mobile games are played. You, you, like, you basically so have two or three channels that you yeah. have to like, you contest. got these three lanes and it's basically uh, how... Okay, you know, you spawn at uh, one side, the guy, the guy spawns at the other side, and you'll meet in the middle, chaos ensues, hilarity and fun. I think the only map which kind of doesn't fit that as like the famous one is Rust. And even then, it's too small to really have much tactical play it's to it. Good 2v2, 3v3. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I'll definitely be mentioning 2v2 later. But I would say this, uh, when it comes to the map design, right, there is a surprising amount of cherry picking from other games and other popular genres. Oh yeah. I would say this, uh, there is a level of verticality that I didn't expect in a Call of Duty game. And not only that, I would say, I think it is definitely more to do with the fact that we need to kind of make it balanced and we need to make it fair. Yeah. And problem is, when you make a game that is fair, you can't just have like, you know, 14, 15 minutes for you to just run gully through anyway. You gotta make them pretty much okay no one has a definitive advantage and if a keyboard guy goes off it's a console guy the console guy should have places to hide mm -hmm. and places to run around enough corners for the places to, to ambush survive. from yeah and then they also included things like you know sniper glare so mm -hmm. yep there is a fighting chance and i have to commend them for that because it actually added a level of depth and strategy to the multiplayer that i've never seen in a while I'm sure there's someone being very fucking salty that they can't snipe camp anymore. You still can. But it's tougher. True that. And what I also thoroughly appreciate is the fact that, like, back in the day when you had just, like, these three lanes, right? You snipe camp on one side and it's basically, you know, who outsnipes who? Yeah. Whereas this one, you have the ability to just run around the building now. Or you can just definitely, you know, get get the higher ground and or maybe even flank. And, like, there's options that I didn't... 
expect. I mean, like, yeah, sure, there's gonna be a lot of run gunners, there's gonna be a lot of noobs, there's gonna be a lot of guys. But they're gonna die faster in this yeah, game because they're... positioning and checking your corners is always gonna be very important in this modern warfare. This Definitely. is something a lot like Siege in like the terms of like gunplay. I would say no. I mean, I would, I would say this is actually the closest it's ever gonna go to being as good as Counter Strike in terms of balance. Hmm. You know, I mean, like, to me, probably one of the most balanced team shooters of all time is definitely Overwatch. Yeah, CSGO. And yeah. CSGO. And it's like, there is a level of verticality. And I think it took a page from Overwatch, especially. Yeah. Because that game did crossplay. It's basically guys on consoles against guys on PCs. Right. And it's like, okay, what can we learn from them? And then they checked out the map design and it doesn't have to be symmetrical anymore. It has to be tactical. There has to be definitely a, a lot of, I would say, options. And yeah. then that's the best thing about the map design. I'm not going to go too much about the map design. I would say the only problem, there's not enough maps. And if anything, uh, we also need to discuss the meta because it comes to a point where once you kind of figure out where all the sweet spots are, okay, then people will react to it differently. I mean, you got to understand, like, uh, Counter-Strike, like that map D-Dust has been played to death. Mm. And it's basically like, you know, like a professional game of chess where the first 21 moves are exactly the same. Yeah, in Total War even like when there's multiplayer games there is a meta it's very early to tell because I would say this right as much as I enjoy how they kind of switch things up and like definitely multiplayer is definitely some of the best in a long time uh, with the crossplay involved and with the fact that the meta has not been determined yet it's still pretty early it's only been yeah, it's not even it's a month it's been out like two weeks or so mm-hmm. three weeks yeah and I would say this right if the current DLC roadmap is more maps which has been hinted at and rumoured I would say okay this game might stick around for a bit and it might bolster more sales because I would say there's going to be a generation of kids who play stuff like Fortnite or even something like PUBG and they want yeah. to graduate to something else. And then there's definitely like the older hits who like probably gave up on the Call of Duty franchise and like, oh, this is back. You know, and it's back just in time for Christmas holiday. Huh. Something for me to do. So I would say it's very strategic, not only in the map design, in the marketing and also in like, you know, the overall uh, push of this game, right? But also timing is perfect. I would say this, uh, this is definitely possibly the next I won't say the renaissance of the military shooter but I mean but it's only looking like it in a way like if yeah. developers are smart enough to pick up this that oh you gotta wait enough time like a long time to make sure that this comes out then maybe okay and also maybe it's changed the structure a bit like so instead of having a Call of Duty every year which I'm sure they'll do oh god well, I'd rather they, they keep Modern they've Warfare already announced alive one for next year. yeah they've already planned the uh, Black Ops reboot because uh, salaries we need to keep people employed and paid yeah like we have yeah. the other studio that are still asking for a paycheck I mean Jesus Christ <laughs> uh, but like, they shouldn't try to change this one too much per se because I think that this is a nice change right, in terms of because you mentioned yourself before when we started the podcast like this is more tactical compared to the other uh, Call of mm. Duty games you've played. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely for I sure. would say this like, I mean because it's definitely the change in landscape because I mean Consoles are not doing so well nowadays. I mean, like PS4 is still the best console. A goddamn behemoth still. Yeah, and then yeah, like we have the Switch far behind. Like, not far behind, but close behind. Yeah, It's doing its own thing, let's just say that. You know, I mean, yeah. Nintendo's. we also have to understand. It's like, you know, um, especially with like, you know, the recent launch of Stadia. is like, why is this a thing? <laughs> oh, God, have you seen the Stadia lineup? It was kind of embarrassing. There's I like, only yes. one like uh, original game on there. But you get three Tomb Raiders. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> a lot of Tomb Raiders. More than With latency, that's all we ever want. And you know the best part? Yeah. Like, everyone who pre-ordered, they're not all guaranteed to be able to access the fucking thing when they get it. 
It's gonna be like an error 34 on a massive scale. Uh, you know what I want? I, I want to do an entire podcast about the death of Google Stadia because I'm gonna see. I, I see it coming, and you know how Google, basically, when they're not happy with a certain product, they don't just like you know let it die off. They, they just cancel it and kill it. And off. then they pretend it never happened. Do you remember yeah. Google Glass? Google Glasses. Exactly. Yeah, Mediator. Mediator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's definitely you know for another podcast. So I would say this: uh, single player, good. Multiplayer. Kinda excellent, not okay. fantastic. Uh, it does new things, brave new things, and I'm very much interested in how the the franchise is gonna go forward with this. Um, uh, maybe bring up the other new thing you played, um, ground warfare. Like maybe just talk a little bit about that. So this is probably my favorite mode in multiplayer, which is uh, they call it ground warfare. It's basically similar to like conquest mode in something like Battlefield. Oh, okay. Where it's all about uh, gaining ground and controlling areas and terrain, and it's like these gigantic maps and. Uh, when I mentioned the verticality, when I mentioned how it doesn't feel like uh, you know a basic a basic lane shooter anymore, it definitely feels like a fully fleshed out game that has a lot of promise. And I would say this right, uh, ground warfare would definitely be the new spawning ground for the future FPS champions of tomorrow. Okay, because you've got nothing but that like, you need tactics, strategy. And if you play in Asia, yes, we are kind enough to give you a uh, suppressive fire so you can run. For <laughs> <laughs> Something Pro- I don't see it, like you know. <laughs> Pro tip, Americans, uh, play at midnight when all the uh, Japanese when are all playing. the kids are asleep. <laughs> all right, and, uh, and when we wake up, huh? Wait, mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, I don't know. Uh, there's nothing else much I want to say about this. I'm gonna give it an overall rating. So, uh, kind of bullshit that I don't get to play the fun survival mode because I'm a PC guy. Uh, but I think uh, everywhere else in the game, especially in single player, especially in uh, ground warfare, it does make up for a lot of its errors. Uh, it's a solid 7 point. Which 10. is, yeah, from you, that's pretty damn high praise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm docking points because it doesn't allow, like, you know, survival mode. But then again, if it's a limited uh, timed kind of exclusion. I suspect it's time. Maybe sometime yeah, maybe in March or April it will uh, unlock. Yeah, then I'll give it its well-deserved 8 upon 10. So yeah, nowhere as close to the glory days, but I would say a step in the right direction. So yes, a definite recommend for me. If you definitely want to play a Call of Duty, it's also a very good entry point. Well, there you have it. Um, but good on you, Call of Duty. Like we always believed in you, you underdog you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of underdogs, <laughs> yes, Obsidian Entertainments. Yes, <laughs> they're not quite underdogs. They've been quite successful. Really. Well, I mean, you know, they had quite a good run, especially they when they were record, Paradox they don't have at the time. Multi-platinum uh, selling games, especially when they don't have Bethesda breathing <laughs> down your neck well, when they oh were Jesus making. Christ. Okay, enough beating around the bush. We're gonna talk about the fucking the outer worlds. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, to no surprise, it's a really good game. Yeah. yeah, maybe I mean, you want to talk a bit about how the what, what the synopsis of the game is like. Okay, for so the synopsis is is that uh, you wake up in a vault, sorry, um, spaceship, yep. <laughs> where you've been cryogenically frozen for about eighty years, seventy years, uh, hundred, hundred, yeah. hundred years, give or take. Uh, you are. Uh, I think it was 70 years because everybody in Edgewater says like oh that's a legend from 70 years ago yeah so 70 uh, years ago 70. you are uh, yeah. taken out cryosleep by Dr. Phineas Wells and he pretty much says 
oh, the colony's fucked, the corporation out of control, you need to go fix it, bye-bye. And then like, hey, wait, what, what? And then suddenly, in an obsidian uh, game. I mean, I, you can literally say, no time to explain, take this gun and follow me. Yeah, yeah, just go to this coordinates, fly off to this one planet, and then, uh, yeah, apparently you landed on a guy who owns the ship. Yeah, and... I mean, this is just how this game really lets you know what it's about. Because yeah. it's also been, oh, corporations suck, uh, there's a war about conspiracy, and the person you were meant to like her meet got his head crushed by your escape pod. Yes, that's the most hilarious Well, he bit, was yeah. not supposed to stand next to the beacon, apparently. He was meant to, he was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. plant the beacon and walk away. <laughs> oh, poor uh, Odum. Poor Hawthorne. No, poor Odum waiting for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so sweet. Oh, you're not Hawthorne. What happened to Hawthorne? Wait, did you tell him? Uh, no, I lied that I was Hawthorne. <laughs> Yeah, I think that lie only gets only works to a point. It but it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Does it? Odom? Almost, almost. The yeah, yeah. Because they have records. Waiting for you oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. The one I, who is kind of in love no, with Hawthorne. Oh, yeah, no, I said he died. And he said like, he died? He said, okay, well, then you can have your ship back. It's like, oh, that was easy. That was easy. I was expecting yeah. to do some real bullshit things for you. No, you still have to do bullshit things for him. You're going to need to get the thing from Gladys. I intimidated him, and he said, okay, fine, never mind. Oh, okay. So See, I did the smart thing, and it's why I do with every RPG. I play a charisma run. Okay. Oh, wait, so, so basically, you put your speech check to like as far as you can. Don't worry yep. about anything no, else. Especially if it's a, this kind of game, put all the points in speech first, it's, then you work on the guns. It's, no, yes. it's charisma, then it's the, the, the sneaky shit like hacking and uh, picking locks, and then it's combat. Actually, that's not necessary if you have the vicar with you. That's true. Oh, the vicar, yeah, he's... Yeah, surprisingly good at breaking into things, huh? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, uh, Vicar, why are you so good at uh, uh, hacking into uh, computers? Well, while I was in prison. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's a prison Vicar, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I could guess about how much I like this, how much I like that, but I want to talk more about like the parts of the game which are objectively good. And mm-hmm. I think the first thing which sets it apart from a lot of other RPGs is that every skill counts in combat. So if you're playing like a charisma heavy, sneaky kind, you still have skills that make your fighting better. So for example, if you do what I did, which is like marks out persuasion intimidation, when you shoot at enemies, no, they, they start cower they, they cower they and cower, start running away. Yeah. So you're able to do like some kind of like battlefield control. So you don't feel like you're super squishy. Like for example, in Oblivion was really bad for this. Where if you focus hard on like, you know, playing putting up your charisma and lockpicking scores you're level 20 and like you're fighting minotaurs and you still can't swing a fucking sword properly. So that's when you go all the way to the Badlands and you just keep hunting rabbits and deer till you level up your archery. I yeah, know, that's but... already a that's already a practical situation. Yeah, At but... least in Outer Worlds, you kind of have that option right off the get-go. Yeah, you don't like... feel uh, like you've misspecced. Yeah. Uh, but you can respect when you go back to the ship. Yeah, it's the thing. Like, some people have said, oh, if you could respect me. But, like, you can respect. It's actually not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what yeah. is expensive is upgrading your weapons. Yep. Where it's like, I think that that was actually a very good trade off. Where if, like, there's a certain gun which you really like how it feels, but after a certain point, it's just too expensive to, like, stick to your darling. So you had to go on, like, the next thing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like, you could still hold on to it for as long as you possibly can. Yeah, and, like, they walk. And it was an exploit early on where you could get infinite bits and just like keep uh, like respecking up to max. And then you also get the mods, especially if you know how to which areas to raid, you know, for treasure chests and whatnot. If yeah, you're hacking exactly. And your lockpicking skills are really good. Yeah, you get enough of these mods to sell and as well as to, you know, break apart other weapons, tweak it up with as many bits as you can so that you can even actually add in like elements to your weapons like the dark element. I forgot what I call it. 
black magic, black black space element or something. Uh, like that. It was or begins, shock or shock with, as well. Yeah, yeah, it begins with N. I think it's like uh, New, neuron, neuron. Sorry. Yeah, something along those lines. I never yeah. got any of those mods. The other N word. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, this break the game, especially when you know how which element you can use for particular enemies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, like uh, yeah, just like if you sometimes you have like one plasma weapon and one um, uh, electric weapon, you're sorted pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, so fire does shit. Uh, I've never found fire to be useful. Not even against humans. Everything is only humans only. Uh, yeah, because like plasma does really well against like non-armored uh, enemies. And electric actually works for everyone because like uh, they lock up briefly. Better for robots too. Oh yeah, of course they're like super good for robots. They're called mechanical, sir. Yeah. Stick to the lore. Yeah. <laughs> another well-designed uh, trade-off is the floor system. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which is actually a lot of fun, although it can be a little bit irritating. Where if you are say like taking extra damage from something or you keep falling, then you can take a floor where you take extra damage or like you're worse around certain things, but then you get to pick up a perk. So, for example, you can take the uh, Robophobic, where, like, you have lower skills around robots, but that means that you can pick up, like, a, a perk that you... Considering the level uh, cap is 30, and you get perks every other level, it actually helps a lot. And I think it's a good trade-off. Apart from when you get Sam as a companion, mm-hmm. and if you're Robophobic, uh, you are worse around him. Okay. But you get a fun little, like, extra dialogue where you can go, ah! <laughs> when he's talking to him, and he gets very confused and hurt. I mean, you know what's really missing right now, right? Yeah. The robo-sexual perk. Uh, yeah. yeah there's, <laughs> there's no, like, real, like, romance in this game. Nah, I which don't think I, th- I think it's fine. Yeah, like, yeah, it would have been fine. a nice addition, but, you know, this it's is a Mass Effect. Yeah, you don't need to be, to be Captain Cooking your way through the No, universe. but I would say this, right? Okay, what's the other developer? He's the guy who did the original Fallout game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Leonard Boriarski and Tim Kane. Yeah, the these are... OG Fallout guys. Yeah, Obsidian so these is, guys, like, what's left of Blackrock. I mean, I would say, like, especially if you play the classic Fallout games, Fallout 1 and 2, mm-hmm. it's all about the story, the humor, the atmosphere, and the fucking bureaucracy. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> this is way more apparent compared to Fallout 2. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, like, maybe there's, like, a bit of bitterness of having dealt with large corporations in the past. Oh, where, you don't say. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, God, the biting commentary, especially about Spaces Choice, yes. like, in the beginning. Like, it's not the best choice, it's Spaces Choice. Spaces yeah. Choice. Or they say, like, oh, you have to pay to, like, have a burial spot for uh, when you die. Yeah, it's like, you know, gravesite skis. I loved it. It's like, oh, my God. Or, like, yeah, oh, yeah. remember, <laughs> a medication is not a right, it's a privilege. You know what's the funny, <laughs> the best part? You only uh, get medication if you're healthy. Yes. Huh? Here's a moment that really made me chuckle. It's uh, basically one of the earlier missions where you have to deal with the suicide case, and then, like, oh, what do you have to pay gravesite fees for him? Well, he technically committed. Vandalism because he is shot himself in property. Yes. Oh my he god, he is company property. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is the messed up part. I mean, it's funny but also bleak. That's what I like about this game. It's it carries the bleakness Dude, forward. Yeah, I mean, I would say this yeah. right. If you love Fallout One and Fallout Two, especially when it comes to the sense of humor, yep, it's it's there in spades. In it. It's definitely glorious. There. <laughs> and yeah. if you like Futurama, like we did, yeah, you'll love this game as well too. Yeah, it felt a- like that to me. This literally felt like Futurama, the video game. I'm a delivery guy going from place to place, doing fucking fetch quests. Kind of, although with a sexy girl and an old guy and a robot. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, there were a lot of female companions, which was you know quite interesting. But now though, with purple hair and one eye. 
Yeah. Oh well. well Waters well, activate. I mean, uh, Nyoka has like reddish hair, and like one of her eyes is almost permanently closed from being blacked out drunk all the time. Not close enough, sir. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. You can make her wear an eye patch. I'm. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. No, but look. I'm just waiting for all those modders out there to do the Futurama skins. Come on, it's oh, right there. It's definitely happening. Oh, I want I could bend the voice back for Sam. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Although, I will kind of miss like him going, Stealth mode engaged when you're crouching. No, I mean, but I think you also got to understand that this is like guys who have probably fell in love with uh, shows like Lost in Space where those classic 60s robots designs oh, and, for sure. and those like, voices. There's a very strong Firefly vibe. Of course. To everything, like especially like the ship design. Yeah, the ship is called the Unreliable. How crazy could you get with? Yeah, movie? and also you know like there's a fun little thing where uh, Ada complains about like um, uh, so fertilizer on board. There's just cows in the hole. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, that episode again, huh? Yes. Yeah, no, I mean it's also got moments of Red Dwarf. It's got moments of like, oh yeah, even borrows from like great games like Freelancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, remember when Star Citizen was supposed to be launched? <laughs> yeah, it still is under development. Just so oh, you know. God. How many years has it been around? It's, it, it's, a, it's a game that's kind of profitable, but doesn't exist. <laughs> I think it's like alpha, pre-alpha-ish, and people are still paying money for that game. Can I get my money back? I don't even want to ship it. Did you spend money on Star Citizen? Yeah. I think much? a lot of people did, actually. Um, the, the first mid-tier where I got my own hanger and everything. So, like 200? About 200, yeah. I mean, at least you can still play it now, so it's Kinda. not like other games. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but no, why would I want to now that the Outer Worlds exists? Which is exactly. literally what I want to do. Yeah, and like, another thing I want to mention briefly before we start talking about like the things we especially like is um, a good part of design is how you can sort uh, missions. Hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. you can sort from like main quest and secondary quest, but also location, alphabetical, who you have to talk to. Can I just say, this has existed since modded Skyrim. Yeah, and this that... is on modded. This is like like a core it, part of the game. Like now. It, it this sound... is actually thought out before yeah, it was this released. This sounds like a game developer who asked like gamers, like, "Hey, do you want to be able to like? sort your shit?" Like, yeah, yeah. I want to sort everything. I want a proper user interface. And done. They've already showed that they do listen because like a big con- complaint a lot of people had was that the UI was super small, but no way to scale it. So the first patch was they uh, improved the UI. They made the text bigger, right? Very yeah, and I was like yeah. within the first week of launch, which is quite a good turnaround for, you know, a pi- uh, fix. Really? I mean, in terms of day one patches, like, yeah, that was essential. Yeah, <laughs> and speaking of day one patches, like, this is relatively bug-free. I don't think I encountered any major bugs. What? Anywhere? A Fallout game without bugs? No, an Obsidian game without bugs. That's <laughs> yeah. very surprising. It's what happens when you don't have a major uh uh, publisher breathing down your neck and saying must exactly. be released now no that's what happens when you don't have to use the fucking fallout engine anymore <laughs> oh yeah. god yeah that broken piece what they call shit. it embryo right I don't know man it's yeah, the abortion. one they use yeah. for fallout 76 it's a very mm. appropriate name because like an embryo it doesn't have any life outside the womb and it just kind of like flops around yeah all dead <laughs> is it that baby joke I know <laughs> I mean, the only bug I came across was uh, yeah near the end, and even then, that can be oh, solved yeah. around uh, the roundabout way. I forgot there is like it's a very annoying game-breaking bug where there's a certain room at the end of the game where if you enter it, it just like uh, CTDs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the way I, around that it was like the same bug to, I was in. Yeah. yeah, where you have to like jump around to enter the other way, which is like the way you meant to exit, and then it works. But they fixed it already, so yeah, I'm not gonna hold it against the game anymore because it is fixed. But it was yeah. a bit of an oversight, I think. 
Maybe we also need to address the fact that this is not it's not a small studio. It's yeah. by no means it's not but it's not comparable to larger studios, which should have a lot more QA, Bethesda. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Or shit Ubisoft. Or shit yeah, Ubisoft. Every studio. <coughs> Breakpoint. Yeah. Uh, oh god damn it. I would say this right. I mean, maybe this is an attest to the fact that maybe games don't need to exist in the AAA realm anymore. Yeah, it's like I think this is showing that middleware is coming back. And that, you know, if you have a good like, you know, these are publishers that give you proper support and a nice uh, but, uh, platform to uh, survive on that they can thrive. Mm-hmm. There are and actually that- some good examples of that before Outer Worlds. Um, there was Plague Tale, Plague and Innocent Tale, I uh, believe. Plague, uh, yeah. Pl- uh, that, yeah. That, the one with the rats. A yeah, Plague Tale, Innocence, whatever the fuck it's called. Which yeah, is, I mean, yeah. There's also games like Control, which came oh, yeah. out quite recently. Which, yeah. which is uh, it's not Greedfall a as well. It's yeah. a really good game. My mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Greedfall uh, as well. That's also kind of oh, yeah, mid-tier, Greedfall? per se. But the thing is, I don't want to give it uh, a disservice by calling it like a mid-tier game. I mean, I would say like there is the triple A's. I mean, you got your bullshit Hollywood blockbusters, but yeah. every once in a while, you want a nice double A. Uh, I would definitely say that this falls in that category where it doesn't try to make money; it just tries to be a good product. Also, like even the way it was marketed, like, people tried to hide it, but you know the lead designers were like, "Look, this is not you know a triple A game. This is just you know a well-made game that we love, and we hope you love it too." But there's also a caveat to that because the thing is, gamers around the world are huge fans of these guys. That's well true. Like Especially, you know, people like, have been around for a while, and you know, people in my generation who remember them from the classic Fallout games is like, "You yeah. guys are making a game, and you're not like you know uh, hamstrung or shackled by large studio." Or people like me who first how got much into money them do you need? Yes. <laughs> Okay, I got disposable income. Sure, yeah. I'll help. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, speaking of stuff, really good. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's How a good I... testament like companies like Private Division and even Five Hundred Five Games that oh, are yeah. kind of supporting these developers for mid-sized projects. You know, mid-sized projects. Yeah, yeah no, I, think they, I want to see more of it. For sure, and it shows that you know they are profitable because uh, they've not released numbers exactly, but no one does anymore. But they say that Atwell has exceeded expectations. And I think expectations are pretty damn high for Outer Worlds. I wouldn't even say high. I would say is like whatever they turned out, there would be a level of polish that would not exist in any other uh, distribution. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, and I would also like, like I already got delayed once, right? Mm. It was meant to come out in March, and I think that's the kind of quality control we need because yeah, like, we have all these smaller studios with dedicated publishers and developers and designers who are more interested in creating a good product rather than continuously like you know pushing out a sequel every year yeah. because they need to maintain like you know because when certain corporations reach a certain level there's a, a, an amount of financials that you need to consider well also after a certain point mm. shareholders just care about getting their rate of return rather than having True something worth uh, hanging your hat on and then also I mean you can also look at studios like Double Fine who are kind of still around but they are struggling to survive <coughs> well they well now they're with Xbox yeah they sold so. themselves to Microsoft yeah. and so they're then they're like, that's the thing it's like you know if you don't get bought out you know how else do you survive so yeah. I would say this I mean you can even look at game studios like THQ rest in peace yeah well now they got bought up and then now THQ Nordic and then there's uh, yeah now they're THQ Nordic they're publishing quite a few Deep games Deep Silver actually, is right. basically the umbrella company or something Ish, yeah kind of yeah. yeah I mean the Deep Silver has always been in that weird position where they've kind of uh, supported you they know, published a game you like Shafiq uh, Dark Siders 3 last year 
I, I kind of liked Nordic. it. I didn't love yeah. it. <laughs> there's a, and there's another Dark Souls coming out next year. Mid money. Somehow. Yeah, uh, this year, this year. The this Diablo year? clone. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. I didn't yeah. realize it was this it's year. It's next year for consoles, but for PC, Dark Souls Genesis is coming out. Oh, yeah, okay. It's a different kind of game. It's not the hack and slash. It's more like a like a Diablo kind of dungeon crawler. Diablo clone of jumping. Oh, okay, I mean, that will keep us going until 2025 when Diablo 4 finally comes out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I'm still going to buy that game day one. No, but mm. okay, another thing we also need to mention is the fact that this is an epic game store exclusive yes this elephant in the room yeah so um well i mean i kind of appreciate the fact that epic is trying to kind of uh, rock the boat a little bit especially when it comes to dividends and how like developer publishers are you know how money goes because for the longest time uh, steam has been the monopoly let's be honest they have and when anything becomes For a monopoly a yeah. people start getting hurt in some ways like consumers were inundated with absolute shite where developers just had a hard time you know getting their stuff out there true that but i mean also more along the lines of because they kind of uh cornered the market in a way i mean then you had all the other the clones like, like the publishers who wanted to have their entire cake yeah they didn't want to just share money with steam anymore so you had your ea origins you had your uplays and then you also have like the the smaller more respectable ones like gog who like at least their gimmick was everything was drm free yeah, which yeah, is and it's mostly DOS games you can get. And then they well. got bought over by CD Projekt Red, which is where you're gonna have to buy everything. Well, it's probably like, oh, finally somewhere we can like leave all our shit that we kept in Poland. Well, think of it this way: you can literally download a copy of The Witcher Three from GOG, burn it onto a CD or put it on USB, and give it to somebody, and it will still install and play. Yeah, you know because. Yeah. But the game is so awesome. Who wants to pirate it, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So and that's the thing. It's like what I want to really uh, hark on is the fact that. Games like the well, the Outer Worlds, right? Oh my god, this is also the resurgence of quality games. <laughs> it was so refreshing to just play a game which took me 25 to 30 hours to complete. Mm-hmm. And, you know, apart from you know that one game-breaking glitch was able to work around. Which they fixed also. Wait, which they fixed yeah, also. They fixed. I just, like, every single time I picked it up, I was enjoying it so goddamn much. And then mm-hmm. when it finished... I felt that special kind of empty you feel after something good has been done. Mm-hmm. But like, you are happy you enjoyed the ride, but you're sad that it's ended. And yeah. you're, you're kind of sitting there watching the credits all and go, thank you so much. So that was such worth my uh, money yeah. and time. It's been a while since the game left you leaving for more. Yeah. Although, I, I'm waiting a while before I back play, do another playthrough. Okay. You're going like, to do the asshole run? <laughs> I, I can't. That's the thing. I'm too... Or the... Yeah. The <laughs> I'm too nice to Kill person. everyone run. Yeah. But it's like, I was never able to do a Caesar's Legion run in uh, New Vegas because like, I draw the line somewhere and like the corporation stuff also like, yes, you can play for them, but you know that they are failing. But those usually dying. have the best items. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But also like... And then you want to see what the outcome is. I guess so. The thing the is like, I don't want too. to make Pavati sad. Why? Because I love Pavati with every fiber and body. She is so wonderful. Yeah, on my second playthrough, her sad ending was really, really depressing. So, just a heads up. <laughs> yeah, she is, I think, my favorite companion by far. Oh, over Tails? I don't know. Who's your favorite before? Uh, no, I mean, companion in the Outer Worlds. Oh, okay. By far. Uh, I thought of all time. <laughs> of all time, actually, I think probably Boone from New Vegas. Yeah, for me, it's still Alex from uh, Half-Life 2. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is fun as well, but 
and I like what I like about Boone is that like he's a surly son of a bitch until you go in like take out the entire of Caesar's Legion together, mm-hmm. and yeah. then he and then if you want to go for the Caesar's Legion run, you can't use him. Oh yeah, so. he literally like walks away from you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I want to say anything else you want to gush about, or are we wrapping up the review? Um, it, there's a lot of stuff where I could just gush about it. I think I'll just talk about a few nitpicks that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the backtracking is a little bit annoying, but it's. I mean, a more compact game. I it's mean, a more co- more compact game, so yeah, of course, there's gonna be like some retreading, but it's just like sometimes it feels like oh, you have to go back to that um, back to Edgewater for that one mission where you talk to one person, and then you have to go somewhere else again. I think like, they still make up for yeah, it with the fast travels. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast it's travel. not as bad compared to like something as lengthy like Fallout Four or even New Vegas per se. Nah, That's a lot more yeah, extra hours for there. sure. I mean, uh, also, I would like there to be like a proper reward for completing the um, companion missions. Like, for example, in New Vegas, again, I have to compare it, is that whenever you completed, like, their personal things, they got, like, an additional bonus or an additional skill that they had mm-hmm. because, like, they liked you more and so, like, they performed slightly better for you. Mm. Whereas here, it's just like, oh, you get a sense of pride and accomplishment when you, uh, you know, get Junlei her hot lesbian date with... Um, Pavati. Pavati, yeah. Pavati. Yeah. Or... Um, or help Nyoka with her uh, Cerberus quest. Yeah, or you go on that. Oh, Sharon, Sharon, Sharon. Or, you, or you go on that weird vision quest with Max. <laughs> where you're oh, that, that's balls. lovely. I I like that mission. That one lot. is so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Or like Ellie, and you go like to, like uh, commit uh, insurance fraud against the parents. Yeah. Yeah, this game is I amazing. Can, yeah, I mean the story and the payoff is great, but I know what you mean. Maybe uh, something tangible gameplay wise could have worked better. In that yeah, favor. because especially for Pavati, because you have to do so many shopping runs. And you get literally nothing out of out of it. Then, like she smiles and says, "Thank you." It's like, bitch, do I get anything else out of this? Feels <laughs> like a canned response after a while, right? Yeah. yeah. And also, like this is like a small thing visually is that it's a bit weird to have them constantly wear their power armor on the ship. So it'd be nice to have like a small Ooh. feature where like they go back into like their standard clothes when they're on the unreliable and just like chilling out and just talking. And then like you do like a suit up mission. Like in the Mass Effect games, where you like, you do know that it's only gonna take a couple of hours before that new patch comes out, sir. I hope not. I mean, the thing is, like, <laughs> there's no mod support as of yet. That's still down the line for Epic uh, Launcher. Although yeah, it's true, and yeah. so it might take a while for that. It'll take happen. a while. I mean, like Nexus has already like got some stuff going, but and I think there's only so much they can do until they get official mod support. Mm. But it's it's coming, and eventually it'll be ridiculous, just like. Uh, Every video game in history. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Before we uh, wrap up, there's one last thing I want to say. It's like a lot of people are saying, oh, this is the Fallout game I wanted. I would posit that this is not a Fallout game. Okay. I would say this is more along the lines of KOTOR. Mm-hmm. I, I think like this is more like its direct descendants. But no, nah, you got to give it the Mass Effect. Well, yes, because yeah, but I, I think that it's closer in that regard than it is to Fallout. I would say, I mean, I kind of agree with because, you. Because uh, Obsidian did do uh, KOTOR 2, yeah. so that does make sense. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they the lineage is there. For sure. Yeah. I would say this, right? Uh, I mean, from, from my experience with the game so far, it is nice to play a Fallout game where the fucking shooting mechanics is good. It feels good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you actually <laughs> use the, the slowdown mechanic, the solid. QTD mode. Yeah, yeah you know, even the QTE mode right, is like, no, nah, I don't need this. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you do it every now and then or like, you know, if you want to like snipe one person, like just to make sure like stop moving. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, one thing I do, okay, like if I need to gush about anything, God, this game is gorgeous. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's got that garish look, but at the same but time, it, works it fits so well. with the game's universe. Yeah, it fits with the whole. I would say this, right? Art Deco universe, to say. Not even Art Deco universe. No, Art Deco. Sorry. Um, there's a futurist thing. I forgot what they call it. It's something look, you know, right? This is literally the Star Trek first generation game I've always wanted. Okay, with the bright colors and the cool aliens and just going to the outer worlds and the yeah. kind of campy, kitschy kind of the campy stuff. Yeah, yeah. and uh, if anything, it's also the fact that it's so nice because I, we're gonna compare to Fall Fallout, right? Like, yeah, okay, it's brown and gray and dull. We get it. The ho- you get to see more mm-hmm. color palettes. And ki- stuff. Yeah, yeah. A nuclear wasteland is kind of yeah, and it, we've done that to death. And main character design, I would say, enemy design. Oh yeah. The wildlife is fun to look at. Yeah, fighting the manta pillars and their mothers. <laughs> Fuck the manta queens. <laughs> Fuck the manta queens. They're Jesus fun to Christ. fight. They're challenging as hell. You know, like, so like, uh, apparently when like, like just like start squirting out those little bee things. Fuck those. Not the bees! Uh, the bees! <laughs> <laughs> What's that? They're all plasmid elemental too, right? So it yeah. stings more and more. Oh, right? Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or even the primals, yeah, well, the ones that they bury and then they sneak out oh, and attack you from behind. Oh, fuck those behemoths. All the giant monkeys, right? Like when they just yes, dig the giant monkeys. When they dig into the... Uh, into the floor, like, well, fuck, now I'm dead, aren't I? Because it just yeah. pops up behind you and whacks you in the head. So, okay. Which is why I'm kind of happy your uh, charisma and your speech checks does does work when you hit the enemy. Yeah, so. that's, oh, really? that's what I really love. It's like, yeah, every skill has its place. No, you know what? I would also want to say, if I were to add anything, you know what's uh, I think is missing? Yeah. Uh, your seduce perk. I would like to seduce those primates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tempt them. You know, oh yeah, much animal, like, how, uh, like, like you know, I have myself a King Kong situation. Now you work for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's one thing. Is like I kind of like you know play, building like the flirty player. Yeah, but you can't really do that. Like, there's only one I NPC mean, which kind of flirts with you. I want to be player. I want to be fucking Captain Kirk. I want to just fuck everything across the galaxy. <laughs> if it's got a hole, I'll put my dick in it. <laughs> now that's a DLC I would pay for. Yeah, especially that Manta Queen. Like, which one do I fuck first? <laughs> there's six of them. Which, which one, one has less bees? <laughs> <laughs> It's like I think that, 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 sounds, that sounds like a lot of DLC. So hopefully Obsidian's listening to this podcast and you know <laughs> oh, get God. to work. Hopefully <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as it stands, I think those kind of cuts would be. I mean, I appreciate the fact that you know Obsidian created a more focused game. Yeah. Something that's more like in line. Yeah. with You know, time and everything. I mean, I, w- I would say uh, maybe even compared to a fall game, at least it's not bloated. That's true. Yeah. You you don't like look at all the various map markers and go, oh fuck me, where do I go? I mean, yeah. I enjoyed that because that's one of the reasons why I love Witcher 3. But the thing is, Witcher 3 has variety in missions. Yeah, and like, the, yeah. the missions here, like, there's repetitions. Like, often as I like, go there, talk to this one yeah, person, me- kill these things, come back. But at the very least, the writing is fun when you're doing it. I guess what yeah. you want to say is that it doesn't overstay its welcome. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it knows what it does best. And I think. It's not bloated. That's the best part. Yeah. yeah it it's doesn't feel like, you know. Oh, man. Speaking of games that is very tedious. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to talk about Death Stranding next, huh? Okay, but not not, <laughs> not, not today. This not today, not this man. Asking fans, it's coming. Okay, yeah. I've played through the game. I have a lot to say. Maybe I like it. Maybe oh, not. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll find out next week when we review fucking Death Stranding. <laughs> and maybe I think you're showing your hand a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least one of us should be talking about Luigi's Mansion. I heard that game's amazing. Uh, I, I did, I did. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then I'll get uh, Sword or Shield on uh, my Switch. No, why don't you play the Star Wars game? 
Yeah, the one that's out. Oh, I'm getting today, that. Actually. I'm getting yeah. that. So yeah, you know what? Uh, yes. So yes, uh, last King fans, uh, Mandalorian review. We're gonna do maybe two episodes and that new Star Wars game for Fallen Order. Okay, we're also gonna have a special Nintendo episode where we talk about Luigi's Mansion and uh, the new Pokemon's. Which uh, have maybe Astral Chain if there's time. Maybe <laughs> Astral Chain if there's time. Tune in to find out. Tune in to find wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. We haven't uh, talked about ratings for Outer Worlds. Oh, uh, it's a nine out of ten. All right, same. Yeah, really highly recommended. Like this it's... is definitely a game where, I mean, fuck your hangups about the Epic Game Store. Just like just pay money to play this game because it is truly a wonderful thirty hours. I'd say this is actually like my top five games for this year so far. It basically exceeds all my expectations, and yeah, I yeah. mean, this is what happens when you have a studio that actually did what they're supposed to do without constraints. And it didn't promise that. a sky like Sean Murray from No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that took about two years before the real game came out, right? Yeah, when it became a alright game, apart from like a breathtakingly mediocre one. Yeah, with multiplayer, yes. Yeah. No, but it's appearing in a lot of best uh, 100 games of the decade list for some reason. <sighs> did you see the Polygon one and how embarrassing that was? Oh no, that I was? did not. No, Fucking no. some Kim Kardashian mobile game made it into the top 100. You what? serious? Fuck that list. Why? Fuck that. Fuck Polygon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's so embarrassing. Huh? Yeah, my God. Okay, if, if your if your top 100 list does not include fucking essential games like fucking Revengeance or Vanquish, you're not a video games publication. Fuck off. <laughs> and Simple on, as that. And on that yep. uh, spicy hot take, I think we'll have uh, the last thing. We know video games. <laughs> yeah, we know our shit we better. We have to buy yes. them and play them just to tell you how good it is. Like, okay? no corporate yes. chilling here. We don't get... Uh, well, we get some codes. But not all the codes. Best not choice. Them, last King's choice. <laughs> yes. We are the best choice. Fuck you, Spacer's choice. We are the last choice for the best video game podcast and movies <laughs> and television. Imagine if that was a corporate slogan, like, fuck you, we're the best choice. That's our corporate slogan. Yep. F you, it's the best choice. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody asks, who are the last king? Fuck you, they're the best choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That has to be that hostile. On that yeah. note, guys. <laughs> I have been the unreliable eccentric Tom. This has been your murderous AI, Mr. Toffee. Uh, and I'm the Mantic Queen with all my nipples erect. <laughs> Signing out.